0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: guys. We're going to try this one more again. We are back with another edition of the Tea Podcast brought to you by the Urban Wire Network. Um, This is our second installment. We are back for another time and we're we're going to be exposing some tea tonight. We're going to talk about some relevant topics that are pertinent to the LGBT community. And not only that, I just want everybody to know you don't necessarily have to be a part of the LGBT community to enjoy this show because this is a show that we touch on topics that are relevant to everybody. Now, tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Pose. Now, for those of you who don't know what Pose, what Pose is, like you have to be literally sleeping under a rock, but Pose is a new show that is currently on FX Network, and it is in its current, um, currently in its second season. And I'm telling you, it has been having the blogs and the, you know, just the blogosphere and just everybody talking. So we're gonna go straight to the lines. Right here we have Jonathan Crockett right here, and then we're gonna to go to the lines and bring in Philip. Philip, are you there? Hello. Can you Ooh, hear me? Finally, we have some. Yeah, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Hello.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can we diff- okay, yeah, we have some
1: technical okay, yeah, we had some technical difficulties, but we're back on, thank God. So Yay. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The topic of the evening is pose. Like the last couple of episodes have been very, 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 very just
2: jam packed
1: full of lessons and just you know, it's just I don't know, it's just so many things that we can gain from that show as far as things that we can learn and adapt to our lives. And also, like, the show does a good job in putting everything in perspective historically. So I'm going to do like we always do. I'm going to um, let both of you guys talk, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to bounce off the questions to you. And I just want to know what you guys think as far as the show. Now, Philip, have you had a chance to look at season two, like episodes one and two yet, or are you still working on that?
3: I just watched episode one, but I have yet to see the second episode.
4: Oh, okay. And what about you, John? I have now seen both first and second
1: episodes of season two. Okay. Well, what we're going to do really quick is I'm going to uh, play the trailer for season two just to get everybody caught up in general, like a general sense of what going on because i don't really want <clears throat> to uh yeah. the spoilers away but i'm, I'm going to play the the um, trailer for season two and then we're going to come back and talk about some things you know this show's gonna probably be a little shorter tonight but i just wanted to bring up a couple things about the show and i and i just suggest any and everybody to watch that show because yeah. it's it's lessons that can be taken away from that like as far as loyalty and um just being, just, just, just looking at each other as humans, it, 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 you know, a lot to do with family, a lot of values that we we definitely need to adhere to in um, today's current society. So I'm gonna go to this clip, and we will be back with the rest of the commentary.
2: The category is Runway. Mark my words, Vogue will make a start. And what's new than an entire world, undiscovered, brimming to the rim with guts and raw talent? This season of Pulse is about the community now finding a place in mainstream, about acknowledgement, about
3: visibility.
2: We are on the cusp of a revolution. You're about to go mainstream let's vogue like paris then it's 1990 there are new types of dance moves that come into play there's a lot of you know proactive things that are happening we dive a little deeper into the AIDS epidemic and what happened within the 90s i've been to three funerals this week three where's the cure we quarantined the ones that died of AIDS don't want them infecting anyone else but they're already dead Sweetie, we don't know how this thing is spread I is touching on the AIDS epidemic and the HIV crisis that was happening in a very important way. This Sunday's protest up at St. Patrick's Cathedral is an even more crucial step in starting a global conversation around HIV and AIDS. We should all be going to that church for the protest on Sunday, together as a house. Pray tell is now joining the fight for equality and rights. Blanca is someone who has been you know, sentenced to with HIV, and she has to advocate for the people out there who have it as well. To Mother Blanca Story so has evolved in ways where Blanca grows, her kids are thriving under her, and now she has a place of her own to actually build and come into herself. I thought this advertisement for a modeling contest. I'm not the face they're looking for <coughs> a model. You've got some Angels role in season two. She's trying to like move forward in her life. And like, I think this is where Blanca's influence in her life comes in, comes in handy. And you next, Damon. No more Saturdays sitting around the house reading dirty magazines from 3 until 5. You're going to be teaching a voguing class down at the YMCA. They don't have a voguing class. Well, they do now. For Damon, you'll see what it means to be a 20-year-old and how the culture, how the vibe, how what's happening in America with LGBTQ people, how that materializes on a young, queer, black body. I don't owe you an explanation for anything. I am not a slum right like the rest of you hoards! Electra goes through a lot.
3: She lost everything and she was taken in, but she's not the type of woman that, you know, follows anyone else's rules. In this season, she has to find herself and she discovers that she still is this strong Electra.
0: Season two is all about people learning how to express themselves and really not giving a damn if anybody doesn't like it.
2: Why are you pulling stunts? We're making an entrance. you about to get that poor facelift, bitch. I've come prepared to gut you like a fish you'll never be. We're telling this
3: story so you realize that there needs to be change, that we need to continue trying to change things.
2: I'm joining your house. Season two thrusts us and everybody to wake up. There's no more time for anything else. We're black and we're brown and we're queer. They don't give a shit about us. So we better start caring about ourselves. Show up for your life. Wake up.
1: All right, that is pretty much the trailer of season two, and I'm telling you, I'm t- just, it's already off to a bang. Like we're already two seasons, I mean, two episodes in, and it's just so jam packed full of stuff. Now I'm gonna go to you, Philip. What did you get like from what you've seen already? What What are some of the things that you gathered from this season of Pose? Like, what What are some of the things that stood out to you? Because uh, I know you just seen episode one, but what what are some of the lessons mm-hmm. that you took away from that first episode that you've seen so far?
3: Oh my, I don't even know where to begin. Um, it was it was a very emotional beginning, and I really was uh, I don't think surprise is the word to describe that. Let's just say that it it made me feel a little emotional. Not like in a tragic way, but like it was so much to take in from one episode. Um, we're talking about uh, the beginning of the '90s and the end of the '80s. This is the cusp of a
0: new—I
3: um, would say—a new decade, a new trend, a new bandwagon, a new culture. Because it's like what the it's like what the, the members of of the, of the cast had said. You know now. Now, Vogue, ballroom culture has become, you know, public. Now everyone knows about it, especially in the in the in the first episode where Blanca was talking about, you know, Madonna's single Vogue.
0: Um,
3: I personally liked this song,
0: and you know, <laughs>
3: um, you know, because Vogue, Madonna, you know, she's that type of person that will start a trend and everyone else will jump on it real quick. But I didn't know that Vogue had like, a different meaning to people in the ballroom community, to them it was like we're advertising our existence through her, if that, if that makes any sense. It does. Right. And so I didn't know, you know, how strong the message was from, you know, that one hit that Madonna had. Because, you know, I, I was a baby when this came out, um, the song. And, you know, when I listen to it now, it has a different meaning because I'm like, it, it's not it's not a song about just dancing and showing off and, you know, uh, making yourself known, you know, prancing around the dance floor like a peacock. This song was about, look, this is a community that gave you the inspiration to Vogue, that gave you the inspiration to, to say, slay queen and tens across the board. We created this culture that you are now emulating.
0: And through this song
3: it became the bridge that, that bridges the eighties into the nineties. And so I was, I was really, you know, just enchanted, um, by, you know, the ballroom scene
0: where, you know, uh,
3: Pretel, you know, was just talking about the category is, um, shoot, what did he say? <laughs> um, something about a runway. So I'm like, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> So on that note, yes, it was a very uh, explosive way to start the season. But you know, to on the other hand, you know the yin and yang. Here's the yang. We are we are now make, being made aware of how of how crucial it was to live during this time where AIDS was killing people left and right. So the scene that they were at that secluded island, where we have to see those pine boxes full of you know, unmarked graves, I mean, I had no idea that people who died of HIV were were in those. They weren't in any cemeteries. They were practically dumped in some unmarked territory with no no name, just a number. And so, you know, I felt that that was very dehumanizing. These were people. These these were sons uh, to someone else's parents. And so, you know, I had I'm learning a history that was never taught to me in school or in the household that these people had to pretty much play Russian roulette with their own lives. They didn't know when when they were going to live or when they were going to die. And it didn't matter how healthy you were, according to the doctors I was speaking to Bianca in episode one, you can still die. So, you know, we all ought to be thankful that in 2019 that we have, you know, more research that was developed to make drugs to not only prevent HIV but to maintain your blood count. I believe uh, that you know helps people become undetected, undetected on the status. So you know, it, it it was both it was both amazing as well as shocking. And so you know, I'm glad that they started the season the way they did. All
1: right. Let me jump in here real quick and let everybody know if you want to call in and join the conversation the 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 call in number is area code six four six five nine five three five one five once again that's six six four six five nine five three five one five now one thing I want to say before I move to you, Jonathan is like like Philip touched on this this show although it you know the characters are fictional and all that stuff, it really, the show had a lot of history in it that I wasn't even aware of. Like, I didn't even know that so many people went through so much as far as uh, historically. Like, I've seen when they were protesting at the church and stuff like that, the Catholic church, and, and just, like, some of the things that, have, that, that took place culturally at that time. Like, even as far as you mentioned, the epidemic, the AIDS epidemic. Like we just take take uh, that whole thing for granted these days because people feel like you know now we have PrEP and now we have um, medications that will get your viral load down to undetectable or whatever. But these people, literally, there, there was a death sentence when the doctor handed down that diagnosis to them, and it was just amazing how people had to get a grasp on life. And the thing that I took away from episode one and two is for one, I, I felt that there was a sense of family and commitment at that time because people yeah. had, the community had to lean on each other. yeah, And that's something I don't think that the community has today. And number two, I felt that mm-hmm. when Blanca was talking to her kids about, you know, she was breaking down um, about what she gone through and how she got to where she got to is she it was all about self love and self respect and that's something that she she made that mistake in the past that she she kind of felt that sleeping with all these men kind of validated her self worth and it it just made me feel good that she actually kept it real and she and she was influential on the younger generation because she knows she was like well I've been there. You know what I'm saying? And That's I don't right. want you guys to go through what I went through because this is not the time. Like, this era that we're going through, you, you better know who you are and be reassured about who you are and not seek validation through somebody else because you'll end up where I'm at. So those are the things that I took away from this particular season so far. So I'm going to um, hand it over to Johnson. I want you to tell me what do you, you take away from Episode one and two
4: so far. Well, I will say that, Philip, I'm going to take a word that you just used, and it was explosive. Um, It's been a long time since I've really been emotionally invested in such a show to where I actually feel like I'm there. Mm -hmm. They actually put me right there in 1990 New York City, and I actually get to see and feel what everyone is experiencing. And it really, it, it truly impacts me. Um, I was nine years old at the time that season two is being portrayed, 1990. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know anything about this. Um, yeah. Either probably because my parents, you know, tried to shield me from it, and they didn't want me to see it. <laughs> um, shield. They didn't really understand what AIDS was they probably still don't understand what it is today. I hate to say that because sometimes ignorance, you know, is a powerful thing. Um, yeah. It, all these characters have really, um, they, they've given me, they've given me hope that, you know, in the, in, defiance of aid in, in defiance of the government's action they're still trying to um, they're still trying to live and
0: yeah.
4: they're going to do it by any means necessary Now that means that they have to go to a catholic church in the heart of new york city and do a huge protest you know against catholic policies or uh, my, my One of my cousins pointed out that in the late 1980s, a lot of um, people were arrested in front of the White House to protest the Reagan administration's policies on AIDS, um, and they got arrested. So it, it, it was just very powerful, and it hit me like a load of bricks, um, and that's why I cannot wait to – to see this show through to the end um, to see how it all ends up so to speak
1: yeah me too I will say this too uh, for those who don't know that this show has done so well it's, it's done yeah. numbers so well yeah. that it's already being renewed for season 3 so I really am kind of excited to see where this show goes Like, right now, we started out in the late 80s. Now we're in the early 90s. I want to see how far the timeline goes, and I want to see how these
3: characters
1: develop. Yeah, I want to see how the characters develop over time and what happens, because uh, it'll be very interesting, because as the 90s unfolded, you know, there was more research being done as far as HIV is concerned, And a lot of people were going through those clinical trials. And I recently watched a video about how a lot of those people, because of what they went through and and a lot of them being guinea pigs to these new uh, medications and stuff like that, that's why we're at where we're at today where we can have prep, where people can get on medications where only take one pill a day. And it's because of what these yeah. people went through and they were willing to sacrifice so that the future generation didn't have to go through what they went through. It's really telling. And getting back to the point that I made earlier about family, like I kind of felt that this show kind of put in perspective that the gay community is like a lot, a lot of times they think of us, We don't. we don't have family, we don't have any structure, we don't have any – one that loves us. We don't have anything like that, but this show shows us that there is loyalty within our community, and during Mm -hmm. that time, we had to depend on each other, and it was just showing, it just added a humanistic kind of element to our community. I kind of felt that the shows in the past really didn't do that. It it always kind of made a mockery or kind of felt the the, uh, stigmas or the stereotypes that people have against the gay community and I kind of felt that yeah. this this show kind of gave a human uh, humanistic element to the characters and uh, over time I, I can I can kind of see how you you can fall in love with these characters you act, it's almost like you you know these people because you, you yeah. can relate them to certain experiences that you've had with people that you've met not even in within the LGBT community but in real life. That's what I like about this show. This show paints these people as human beings. Like, and like you said, like anybody that is not emotional from watching this show, there's something wrong with you because the way that they kind of built this show, it was just like, I don't know, it was just, you you could relate with these people. Like, it's, you know, uh, especially like I've seen the, the young kids that were in Blanca's house, like how they were just so misguided, they didn't have anybody out there, you know. And I think a lot of times, even today, there's a lot of youth that are, there are a lot of youth that are out here that don't have family. They don't, they just out here by themselves. Their family done disowned them. Their family done kicked them to the curb. So I mean, a lot of the issues that are that have that were going on back then, it's still going on today. And I just kind of feel that. Uh, I think the the youth that are coming up today in the community, they can definitely they should be definitely they should they could they can relate to them. Like because a lot of this stuff still hasn't changed. We're still dealing with a lot of these things. We're still dealing with homeless yeah. LGBT youth that are out here on the streets trying to stand for themselves. We're still dealing with a rise of uh although it's gotten better. The numbers aren't where they need to be as far as new cases of HIV infection. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do have PrEP now, but we're not getting that message out to the communities they really need to get this message out. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you guys think about that, but I think that that was like one of the major things I took away, some of the things I took away from it. I
3: totally agree.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, but can I Yeah, go ahead Oh, I'm sorry uh, What were you going to say? Oh, no, you fine, go ahead
3: I was going to say I I definitely agree with you on the family aspect Uh, You know It did make me feel very sentimental Even though, you know, my my family You know, they, they They don't They don't accept me, you know, for being gay, but they still love me. But in that case, you know, when I, when I see how Blanca, you know, is the house mother and she's, you know, taking in anyone, uh, but, you know, under certain conditions, of course. But, like, she really has created a strong bond. And what's even more is that even though she knows she doesn't, she's on borrowed time, especially when she tries to pass the torch to Angel. Um, I was not expecting that—that that she would see so much confidence in Angel to be the next house mother. If something should happen to her, that's how much she really cares about them. It's like she's raising them in a way to have respect for themselves as well as each other, because uh, that really defines what we think of, what we think a family is. Everyone thinks a family is just like, uh, you know, a father and a mother and two kids. And, like, like, you, you know, you have to make sure that they do the chores and they do the homework. But, no, it's more than that. It's really about survival. It's like what you said. You know, so many people were homeless because they were kicked out of their uh, family's houses for coming out. This this is a family that we are seeing that are trying to survive. And the only way they can do that is to help each other. And, you know, I, I like to I, I like to really emphasize that because – you you guys know about, you know, how Electra had responded in, at the end of the first episode? Yeah. Like, That's you another know character
1: that. I was want to get on, too. Like, because...
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. She, but, you she know, was, you know it,
3: it made a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. I feel like that her character represented, like, so many people within the community. They like to reap the benefits of the struggle, but they don't want to get out there and get their hands dirty and they don't want to get out there and put in their work. And she exactly. was all about herself. And anytime you and have you any that. person like that in any community, they're toxic. And that's why uh I I, I kinda see that that element of where she was just all about herself. And and yeah. you could never trust her. Like you could never trust her. Her her loyalty lied with nobody. She she didn't have loyalty with anybody. You see how she hopped from, from house to house into group to group. She she didn't care. It was all about her. And unfortunately, you would that's, think that that's She would have learned something today, right? Mhm. Right. You would think she, right.
3: she would have learned something after being with uh with Monica for two years. Like you would think she would have learned, right. you know, that the only way that you are ever going to survive is through the support of everyone else. And apparently she did not get the memo after those two years that went by at the beginning of the second season. And so I'm like, you know what, Alexa, it's, it's apparent that, okay, you, you got some own issues within yourself. Like we get it. You, you don't answer to anyone. You beat at the sound of your own drum. And there's nothing wrong with being in the, you know, being independently minded. And, you know, trying to stand your ground. But there was a time and a place for that, and it wasn't, you know, at the dinner table. Like, it felt like she – but, you know, come to think of it, at the, at the end of the last episode in the previous season, she did say that she didn't trust nobody because she felt that trust is just a the way they – it's just a thing that they use to get something from you. So she So she did mention that
1: know anyway, let let me, ask you I this. Think, let, me ask, yeah. let me jump in here and ask you this real quick Philip while I'm thinking about it do you think that yeah. over the seasons or just even over this series do you think that her story is going to be told because I feel like there's there is a underlining story because i I don't think that she got to where she got to got to the point where she's at currently without you know, it's, it's a backstory today, and I, I'm, I'm yeah. very interested to see how they um, portray her story throughout this series because I really feel that. I really hope so too. It, yeah, because I, I just don't feel like they they've really given us that because they, they're slowly telling everybody else's story, like they, they they're kind of telling of them, um story and how she got to where she is and everybody else's. But I yeah. kind of feel that this is huge, like... There's a void. There's a void. Like, it's a question mark hanging over. Of, like, okay, what is her story? Where is she coming from? Like, you know what I'm saying? And I kind of... I I want to see mm-hmm. her. Because I think that will Me explain too. a lot. I agree like, that. I, I
3: want to know, like, what... How does she think? Like, what drove her to be such a, you know... What drove her to be such a bitter bitch? And... I think we'll I want probably empathize with that. Electra. I want to empathize right. with her, but I feel like we need to see more of the season to figure out if we should have a reason to.
1: Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, like, in real life, uh and, and I'm almost wondering if her story kinda goes along with uh, I, I can't remember her last name, but I know her real name is uh, Dominique. And I've seen the energy that she did. Dominique Jackson, and I've seen an interview that she did um, back in 2015, and her real-life story and her real-life struggle kind of goes hand-in-hand with this show. I can kind of see why she was a good candidate for this show, because she's actually lived the life. You know what I'm saying? You know, she came from the uh, Caribbean islands and stuff like that, where being gay and transgender was pretty much a death sting. Like, you know what I'm saying? You couldn't, you could not openly be like that without being persecuted and sometimes being shot, killed, you know, being thrown into prison. And I think she is a wonderful person. and She's a beautiful person in real life. I think yeah. you guys should definitely check yeah. out her. She has several interviews out there. And I think that her story is very, telling, and I wonder if they're going to kind of line her story up, her real life story, with the story that she's portraying on Post, because I think that she she's actually lived that life. Um, she was estranged from her family. She came here and she moved to the States and made something out of herself, and um with so many other LGBT uh, people, members of that community as far as just like, not even just trans, but just gay people in general. Like, it's just, it's it's a struggle trying to find your identity and trying to
0: be who you,
1: who you are and dealing with uh, these misconceptions that other people have towards you and just like these stigmas that people have towards you, these judgments and everything else. So I kind of felt that She's really pouring her all into this character. Now, some people don't don't like how she's portraying this character. Some people, you know, everything's not for yeah. everybody. But I like the sass and the attitude and just the energy that she put into this particular character. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's also
4: amazing that the majority of the main cast is trans Yes I would, And not I don't some think straight person I would have ever seen that
3: Do what? And not, not some straight person, whether it be a man or a woman. Yeah, no. I'm glad that they actually had transgendered people playing trans, transgendered Gender.
0: characters.
3: And I think MJ Rodriguez, yes. Rodriguez, she said that in her interview too, like she, she saw this as an Avenue for her to be able to act in these roles without having someone else do it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Correct. I think uh, Billy Porter's character is just absolutely incredible. Yes. Um, He has really put into perspective... um, the life of someone who has been in a relationship who had his partner pass away of AIDS
0: mm-hmm.
4: and that really <clears throat> that really hit me it hit me very hard and i think it has given him a, a renewed sense of purpose to to eradicate the disease overall, yeah. and to educate as many people as he can—that uh, that's what I've seen from the end of season one into the beginning of season two.
1: Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the fact, again, getting back to what I said earlier, how that they how they give these characters a humanistic, uh, kind of like a—you know what know—I'm saying just giving them like giving them some sort of humanity <clears throat> because it shows that we are capable of having relationships. We are capable of love. It's not like we're all out here partying and and doing drugs and this, that, and the other. And that's what I kind of like about this, this show. It's putting the community out there in a positive light because everybody thinks, like, they have this stigma of the LGBT community, like, we're all out here doing drugs. We're all out here. We're not trying to settle down with anybody. We're all trying to sleep with, the whole entire Dorn community and the whole Dorn country and stuff like that. And it really just shows that people are capable of wanting the same things that any other person wants. And I, and I kind of like that. And that's what you were talking about, Billy Porter's character, Freytale. Um, I just I like the fact that they, I feel like they're really developing his character this season. Like he's, he's stepping to the, the forefront being more like the father figure now and being an activist mm. and stuff like that. So I, I'm really excited to see um, his character unveil you know, the, during the season. So I'm, I'm excited to see uh, where that goes. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, I have an article that I want to read really quick. It's from, it's from NBC News, and it's about – this is just about um FX renewing polls for season three. And I just want to just kinda of break it down and just let everybody know. Uh,
2: this news was
1: kinda of released back on the eighteenth. So um I just want to let you guys know that polls fans will be having a ball. FX has renewed the Ryan Murphy created show, which yeah as an award contender for a third season after only one episode of season two has aired. Wow. Wow. Pose is a good wow. musical that exposes the juxtaposition of several segments of life and society in New York the ball culture world, the rise of the luxury Trump era universe, and the downtown social and literary scene. The show features the largest cast of the transgender actors in the series, in series regular roles ever, as well as the largest re- reoccurring cast of the LGBT actors ever for a scripted series. So pretty much this show has, I mean, it's just groundbreaking. Well, um, they got in the Yeah. Season two flashes forward into, uh, in time to 1990 when on the heels of the ballroom community establishing itself in the pop culture and going mainstream, the House of Evangelista I can never say that word. Evangelista. Evangelista. Is Evangelista. To their goals. The series' second outing premiered last week to 1.2 million total viewers, including 572,000 in the key um, demographic between the ages of 18 and 49, according to FX. So that's just a little bit of news I wanted to share with you guys. So, um, like I said, if you guys want to read the rest of this article, you can go to um, NBC News. And the title of the article is FX Renews Post for Season 3. So, but yeah, I just wanted to get on here today and just do a little uh, <clears throat> review of season um, two episodes, one through two. I don't want to give out too much information because I know everybody doesn't have cable, so they're waiting for these episodes to fall into, you know, um, Netflix. Yeah, stuff I, have like <laughs> I have to watch it another way.
3: I have to watch it another way. But I'm, I'm hoping to ca- get caught up. Yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, I just wanted to also give you guys some news. Um, we're going to probably uh, cut this show short tonight. But um, I want everybody to know that we are now on Spotify, so you can go on Spotify and look up our shows. Typically they take about two or three days before they are distributed on our network, so everybody can check us out there. You can always go back and listen to our shows on demand at blogtalkradio.com. Just type in the Urban Wire or type in the T and our shows will pop up. We're on iTunes, and I heard, I know you were telling me, Jonathan, like, they're going to be getting rid of iTunes, soon. like, yeah. I've seen that article, so I don't know how that's going to work out, but we'll uh, try to get, up, get that established or whatever, and we'll get, you know, let everybody know how you can still uh, download our shows through that that medium, but uh, we're in we on TuneIn two, two Radio, Google Play podcast, and, like, yeah, just 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 Google us, pretty much, you know, and you'll be able to find us. So I don't know if you guys had anything else that you want to talk about today, or you want to share, or you know, what about you, Philip?
3: Um, sorry, should we repeat that one more time?
1: No, I was just saying. Do you have anything else that you want to share with us today? I just wanted to pretty much do this show about Pose yeah. today. But I didn't know if you had any other yeah. topics, things in the news that you want to talk about on I, today's I, broadcast. I do. Um,
3: okay. I didn't know anything about AZT. It's like I've heard of I've heard of this dedication, but you know, it was mentioned in the first episode because you know I was wondering. Okay with all this doom and gloom going on with people dropping like flies from the HIV AIDS virus, like, is this some kind of experimental drug despite the fact that between the Reagan and the first Bush administration, they were trying, they voted to, uh, to not increase funding for it. So um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. AZT was something that I've never heard of. And, I found it very interesting that in the first episode, the, uh, the doctor that was talking to Blanca said, um, "You know, we get this, we give this away for free." But it's, but it, it was the thing that she said of where she got it. They weren't supplied that medicine; they actually just, they just took it from the dying rich white guys of New York and repurposed mm. it for other people. And I was like. It was it was pretty much a Robin Hood story like you're going you're going to rob from the rich to give to the needy but this is justified. I mean even right now I mean without insurance uh is HIV medication still pretty expensive in 2019 or is it relatively um affordable?
1: Well, I'll say this like you know um even with prep and all this, there's more. I see that there's more community outreach today, probably versus the versus what they had years ago. Like there was definitely disparities, with, you know, within the healthcare system. You know, it was it was difficult enough for people that had money to get that AZT or get um, healthcare back then. Let alone someone that was like you said that was in. Uh, that was low income and that, you know, you know, they barely had enough money to even afford basic health care. But we still see the disparities that they're still going on in 2019, but it's gotten a lot better. I kind of feel that more people are realizing that this is um, an epidemic that we want to eradicate from the globe, like whether we control it or just prevent it. I think people are more, uh, they are more f to kind of uh make it more affordable and I think I think yeah it's gotten better but we still have a way to do yeah
3: we do. Yeah we do and, and,
1: and I'm glad <laughs> you I'm glad you mentioned, mentioned that too because I that's a good element that you brought up too. There was definitely uh an issue with health care and uh, there was a correlation between health care and race. Because a lot of uh, mm-hmm. black people, even today, like people that people of color, they they don't have access to the resources that other people have. Or yes. a lot of these yes, campaigns yes, right. that are out here for like PrEP or even just HIV care, they're not aimed at people of color. And I, mm-hmm, I'm well, glad I they brought see, that yeah. up because you're that was right. an issue that was going on back then. It's an issue still going
3: on. Because when I was living in Memphis for two years, they the, the Planned Parenthood that was uh, that gave free HIV testing at the University of Memphis, you know, in a confidential area. They said that Memphis was one of the cities in the United States with the highest HIV rate in the nation, and it's, it has a lot to do with what you just said. A lot of it has to do with the fact that there is a lot of black people, especially black LGBT. And people who are HIV, HIV positive, who don't have access to testing or information or even insurance for medications, and I think that's done intentionally, because Pose is a show that not only that that not only ref, that not only talks about the bottom culture, it's also talking about a marginalized group of people, which are people of color living in New York City. It's the people of color that, that suffer the most from the HIV-AIDS crisis. And so when you cut off funding, you pretty much are ending their lives.
0: I'd
4: like to add to that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, right now we're seeing a, a big, in in the news at least, we're seeing um, abortion back in, and you you're seeing states that are trying to, Um, get rid of their abortion clinics or Planned Parenthood altogether. Um, I think just recently, Missouri is just about to lose their last abortion clinic. Now, this isn't about abortions, but we're talking about AIDS and STDs and HIV. In the overall grand scheme of things, losing a Planned Parenthood clinic is absolutely detrimental not only for people of color, but for people in rural communities as well, um, because only only 3% of abortions take place in Planned Parenthood, but the rest is about education. It's about prevention. And if we lose those clinics, then we are really um, cutting our noses off to spite our face. Because now we are going backwards in um, – not just in education, but then we're, we are um, – we're giving the disease a way to move forward and a way to grow again. Because if we don't have that education, then we're just – we're essentially shooting ourselves in the foot. Mm-hmm. And – it's very important that a lot of these clinics do stay open. Um, yeah. and I know it's and and I know that, you know, this is far on down the road, but it's very important to vote to make sure that this funding continues. I know that Trump probably want, probably says one thing but does another in the an administration where he wants AIDS funding, but honestly the administration and the Republicans don't want to give it. So let's
3: be real. I think Don, um, I think Donald Trump really knows what's going on, and what what's going on is wrong and detrimental. But he's just keeping up appearances. And I'm pretty sure that was the same for Reagan and the first Bush.
1: Yeah,
4: they probably wanted to
3: um,
4: get this funding going, but because you know they want to get reelected. Or they want, to, you know, they want to win an election, have their party win an election, and therefore other you know, anti-gay, anti-LGBT, um, anti-AIDS forces um, are honestly kind of forcing their hand. And I think we're going to see the same thing in uh, next year's election.
3: Mm-hmm. We're going to see a repeat of history in next year's election. Why else would they show Pose? a show that is a, that is a reflection of LGBT life 30 years ago. They're showing it because maybe the creators know what's what's going to happen in 2020. The same thing that yeah. happened in 1990.
1: Well, I will say this. Like, a lot of these, like, you got to pay attention to a lot of these shows. A lot of people think that, like, I, they think that these shows are fictional, but, I think a lot of these shows are kind of a precursor of events that are about to take place. You kind of kind of, you know, I think a lot of these show creators and people like that, they kind of have their ears to the ground and they kind of know what's coming up. And I, and I think that a lot of these shows, whether they talk about things that have happened historically or things that are happening in the future, there's always some sense of relevance. You can't just always dismiss something as being fictional. Like I, I just look at so many shows and how they kind of are relevant with the time. So I think it's, this is a show mm-hmm. that's kind of geared at waking people up and, and, and kind of, you know, subliminal, I can't even say the word, but putting a subliminal um, <clears throat> thought in your mind that we need to kind of pay attention to what's going on because if not we're we're deemed to go back or revert to where we came from. So I, I kinda feel that this show is um kind of trying to get us back in focus. I think this is the this 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 is the show that's really um good for that. Because if we don't, you know, we're gonna be going repeating the same struggles that we had to come come from. So mm-hmm. that's just my opinion. You can't afford that. not to vote. You exactly.
3: can't afford not to vote.
1: And I kind of like how they had a sense of unity. Like, like so many people now, like especially in the gay community. And I'm not saying all of all, you know, every person in the LGBT community, but so many people are so passive now. They feel like they have arrived. And I and I, I kind of feel like once you know they give you a couple of rights, they you kind of feel like okay, now it's time to kind of relax. I don't think that this generation. Has the same fight that the former generation did because they had to fight. It was a life or death type of thing, but I feel now with the baby gays that are coming, I call them baby gays, the (laughs) ones that are coming up now, they don't know what it is to struggle. They don't know what it is not to be accepted. They don't know what it is to uh, be in fear of your life. You know what I'm saying? so I kind of feel that... um, this is a show that, that kind of snaps us back into reality and kind of give the, the younger generation a historical context to where they they can appreciate what they have today, what liberties they have today.
3: Yeah, all right.
1: Um,
4: I like at the end of each episode, at least with season two, that they have um, either put up a quote or they have put up uh, some kind of semblance of uh, the, the activism of the past, like with uh, ACT UP in particular. That was the um, that was the activist group that was getting the whole AIDS crisis into focus, and they were the ones who were going out in these larger cities and doing the protesting, and trying to get everyone aware of what was going on. And I really, really thank this show for, um, for putting perspective on that. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah Because who, who else will do it? We're people, we're, you know if, what? If, if you, If entertainment can be used... If entertainment can be used to make a person to think a certain way, then it should be used to make people wake up a certain
0: way. That's right. We are
3: actually, and shows like Pose are, are trying to compete with people like Fox News or Infowars or, you know, other, other makeshift talk shows like this one that we're on right now that spread false information and false propaganda. We're pretty much just three typical people who experience this on a daily basis just saying, look, it's not like that. Like, uh, this is affecting everybody. Whether you are gay, straight, bi, it makes no difference. This is affecting everybody. And watching a show like Pose is not only entertaining, but it's informative. And that's why people should watch this show. And, you know, there's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, I don't want my child to watch something like that. It'll indoctrinate them to be gay. This has nothing to do with that. You're talking, you're talking about gonna... a group of marginalized people that were deprived the support from their own city government to get help to eliminate a virus that was affecting everybody. And not and I'm because glad God punished up. them.
1: And I'm glad you mm-hmm. brought it up, Philip, because... I was going to ask you guys, and, and it's funny that you brought the whole thing like as far as the indoctrination thing, what do you feel about people that say that shows like these are harboring <clears throat> so-called gay agenda? Because you, you, hear, you hear that term being floated around today. What do you feel about this notion that there's a gay agenda that's being um, forced upon people?
3: I laugh.
4: Um, I'll, I'll let Jonathan chime in on this. Um, I've heard gay agenda <clears throat> um, pretty much since I was really aware of, you know, a lot more about about the world um, when I turned like twelve and thirteen. That that's when I really started when I heard about more of the AIDS crisis and, and learning about that. That's when I've heard more about the gay agenda, and when I was when I was still in church. Um, you know, these Pentecostal pastors and televangelists were trying to drive home that, you know, this acceptance is wrong. And, you know, they're just trying to put this in your face. And any time that you have a pride event, you know, that there need to be people there to try to protest that pride event and this, that, and the other. And um, I think during the... Uh, during the early part of the 90s, I mean, well, hell, even during the latter part, um, that's when a lot of the Protestant evangelicals really still had a foothold on the majority of America. Um, and it's really taken a long time for us to counteract those forces because, honestly, I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to live my life. You're trying to live your life, yeah. And to the poll.
0: yeah. It's just like and that
3: pastor, in West Virginia slash cop. That goes what exactly what you just said, Jonathan said about he was to gays and all this stuff. Re- remember? Oh, it was recent. You know, you know that cop slash pastor in West Virginia. Uh, that was oh, Tennessee. The I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I meant Knoxville in Tennessee. Talking about he wanted he wanted the law enforcement to kill gays and all that stuff. Well, that's exactly yeah. what we mean. Is what we're doing an agenda? No. What we're doing is simply saying that you just can't kill a person just because they are different from you.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: These
3: people are on, have a on this show. In Say
4: that one more time, Philip. I'm, I interrupt you. I'm sorry.
3: No, you're good. You're good. I'm saying Pose pretty much gave me a different perspective on the transgender community. I'm not gonna lie. I, you know, yeah. I in public, I, I wouldn't be the first person to, you know, up a conversation with someone who's transgender. I probably would be a little, you know, apprehensive. I'm not used to seeing a uh, a man identify as a woman or a woman identify as a man, but, right. but people do. You know what I mean Like Biologically They're men But they are women They identify as women They want to be women I'm not going to stop you or anyone else From being who you want to be Just like it's only fair That you don't stop me from being who I want to be But are they Infringing on my personal space Are they infringing on my beliefs Are they infringing on my freedom? No, I mean we're, we're not. Are doing they in favor of
4: constitutional right as an American? Right. there's a lot of right wingers I mean, out there that will that, that will jump at the chance to put in an amendment to the Constitution to outlaw gay marriage. So they will probably jump at the same chance to try to have these uh, to have a nationwide bathroom bill. I mean,
3: pull out the two-by-four out of your own eye before you, before you point out the splinter in someone else's.
4: Well, also it tells me that these evangelicals and right-wingers have a um, – how can I say this? They have a dirty little secret of their own, and that's been coming mm-hmm. to light a lot, especially with the you know, molestation of children. Mm. Um underage marriages, under underage abortion. So um for I guess it's low hanging fruit for them, but you know, Philip, you're right. Um they gotta take that two by four out of their own eye. hmm. Um I mean they've just been hypocrites all along.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: But they're trying to convince the vast majority of Americans, that we are the problem, mm. which we're not. And all we're asking for is to live our life, to give us the health care that we deserve. Domestic partner benefit. Domestic partner benefits. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on.
1: But well, here's my thing about the whole <clears throat> the agenda thing. You know, and that's why people need to quit sitting idly by and just allowing things like this. Because it's our group that's being targeted today, and it's been other groups in the past. But please believe, if this is, if this is, if this uh, injustice is allowed, who's to say that your group is not going to be targeted yet? You see what I'm saying? Because there's always uh-huh. in any period of time there's a scapegoat or a group of people that's always being targeted. And while you sitting back and thinking that it doesn't affect you, <clears throat> any injustice to one group is an injustice to all because you don't know who's going to be the target next. And here's my thing. You're talking about a gay agenda. When people have that type of language and they, they say stuff like that, you push people in the closet and you pretty much breed a culture of men living on the down low. Yes. Because whether or not you, you you want to accept it, not women, I always tell them I want men to be honest with me. I want them to let me know what they are, this thing. But you know, when <laughs> you never be
3: push honest out
1: with this, you. this language, let me finish, let me finish. When you push this language out there, you are forcing these men to live these secret lives. And when these men live these secret lives, they aren't being educated. They're living They're living off the grid. They, they don't know what they're doing. And this further perpetuates the, the spread of HIV and other STDs because these people aren't going to get tested. They're just out here doing this, that, and the other. But when you promote people being who they are and being honest and giving allowing people to live in their truth, and you know, have you know, allow people to to have their basic rights as taxpaying citizens, you eliminate all that stuff. Because people can feel comfortable about getting educated. People feel comfortable about getting tested. People feel comfortable about doing what they need to do to protect the health of themselves in their community. But when you talk about this gay agenda, you first of all, even into that, I don't care how socially acceptable it is, who in their right mind wants to be now, there's some people that give the gay community a bad name because they think it's something trendy to do. But people that are actually walking this life, who wants to choose to live a life where you're going to be ostracized and you're outside of the quote-unquote norm? That's why I say quote-unquote norm, because as long as you allow people to put you in that box, that's how you're going to think. But what I'm saying is, who who would want that life for themselves? You know what I'm saying? Over time, people just they grow to accept and embrace themselves, but who wants to put themselves at risk of being ostracized from their family and disowned and, and, and being on the street, people threatening to take your life and stuff like that? Don't nobody choose that. Ain't no agenda out here. Now, the only thing that we're saying is we want to live our lives in peace. We ain't trying to force nothing on nobody I don't even care if you don't accept it, but I want my basic rights. I pay my taxes like any other person. I work hard, uh-huh. and y'all want to up here. I these about gay people, but they're the ones that that a lot of times have to step in and take care of children in 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 your families because the the mother's so trifling and the father ain't around. He's a deadbeat. The mother don't want to take care of kids. She out here spreading it, spreading it wide and busting it open. So a lot of times you got the gay uncles or the, the gay aunties that got to step in and take care of these kids. So before you want to sit up here and talk about the gay agenda, or say all this uh-huh. shit or stuff about the gay community, realize it's a lot of the gay people that are stepping in and, 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 and taking over the responsibilities that you dismiss. You know what I'm saying? So I just I just get a problem, got a problem when people talk about this gay agenda. Ain't nobody trying to force nothing on anybody, just like every other group that has had to stand up. We are standing up, and, and, and all these people that got something to say about the gay community having this agenda. Yeah. Y'all need to take a page from their playbook because maybe y'all won't be marginalized and won't be oppressed if you would take and you know take a page from the playbook and see how they're doing things. Because obviously they must have yeah. some type of the influence if they're doing something that you're not doing because you wouldn't be in the situation that you're in. And I think a lot of people is just I, I don't want to say it's a jealousy type of thing, but they kind of feel that how are these people so powerful now? How are these people being able to have such an influence on society and get what they want? And we've been struggling for so many years and this, that, and the other. I said, you know what? My thing is you – I feel like anybody that's doing something that that I'm trying to do and they're doing a the better job, me, I'm going to imitate it, and I'm going to see how they got to where they're at. And I think that's what we need you know, a lot of people need to do. Quit trying to trying to say that the gay people, gay gay community is trying to bully and trying to play put their agenda on people and learn from them because obviously they're doing something right.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: I don't right. know, people take take it how you take it how you want. That's just how I feel.
3: And that's the thing. It's not just gay agenda. It's everything that's an agenda, even with this thing with abortion, even with this thing with illegal immigration. They all have something in common. When you tell a person the truth of what's going on in this country that is affecting a marginalized group of people, automatically they assume it's an agenda.
0: Mhm.
3: It's like we have, been, we have been fed so many lies from the media to the point that we can't discern the truth unless someone actually explains it to us, that this is not an agenda, this is not propaganda, this is reality. And eventually, it will affect you. Just because it doesn't affect you now, doesn't mean it won't affect you later. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely
1: right. That's why I said, like, a misjust, you know, uh, injustice of one group is an injustice to all. Because, like you said, we're all tax-paying citizens. We're all uh, we all deserve basic rights. It ain't even about you accepting somebody's lifestyle, quote unquote lifestyle. It's not even about accepting. It's about just having equal protection under the law. That's what I always say. It's about equal protection. Everybody deserves to have their equal rights. You can't sit here and tell me if I'm a citizen, I'm paying my taxes, that I should not have the same rights as the next person should have. That's right. You you can't tell mm-hmm. me that. You just, off. You know, nobody's telling you, ain't nobody holding no no gun to your head telling you that you gotta be X, Y, and Z. Nobody's telling you that. So I just I just have a problem when they say well we're we're indoctrinating these kids and this, that and the other. I said, how about we I mean, y'all forcing your agenda on gender on people that aren't like that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all y'all Feeding these children everything under the sun, you got all this other stuff on TV and all just everything. But you talking about the gay? Like I don't understand. They're not the ones going in these schools, blowing up, you know, shooting these schools up and doing all this stuff, all this <clears> crazy <throat> stuff. But y'all focused on me. Yeah. The
3: thing I remember is, oh, did a gay person shoot up Columbine? No. Did a gay person blow up Oklahoma City bombing? Uh, sorry, Oklahoma, that building in Oklahoma City? No.
4: Mm-hmm. Did a gay person cause all this climate change? Did they cause all these floods and hurricanes and earthquakes and forests? Did fires? they tell you
3: not to vaccinate your children?
4: <laughs> I mean. You know, it's really funny it's, that it's just, um, yeah. It's been since gay marriage has been enacted by the Supreme Court that the thoughts about, you know, she gave people to marry, the, the, the percentage of people polled is now uh, above 50%. I think it's getting closer to 60%, and the people that say that they shouldn't get married is probably closer to 40%. Mm-hmm.
0: 30
4: years ago, that was completely the opposite, and probably in much further directions It's probably like 10% in 1990 and 90% against. So, we have honestly come a long way. Mm -hmm. We have, um, you know, everyone knows someone who's gay.
1: Everyone. And gay people ain't going nowhere. That's right, we're not. They're not going nowhere. And, and the only reason why it's so um, in our, in front of us now is because people are feeling more comfortable and feeling more free. But don't be deceived. Like, don't think that these people just, maybe just, are just these mystical people that just, or creatures that just popped up out of nowhere. Yeah. A lot of times this stuff was underground. A lot of these men were married. Hell, like, y'all, y'all look, remember that? movie that came out about broke back mountain, people laugh about that movie, whatever, that's a reality. These men were married. These men you would have never six you know, expected these people being homosexual or lesbian. And and that's another thing too. A lot of people always want to think about the download as a a male epidemic. No, there are so many women that's out here licking and laughing. I hate to be whatever, but I'm just saying like everybody wants uh-huh. to think that the down is something that is just a male type of thing or a black male type of thing. That's right. Because that that epidemic has been assigned to the black community. But this the down has been something that has effect, been effect in all I mean has <clears throat> been an effect to, in all communities since the beginning of time. They yeah, people have been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. Look at look at the, the Greek empires and the, and the Roman empires and everything else. Like, that stuff has been going on. Like, it was a time where these men would have these families, and they would just look at women as, you know, a means of procreation. They wanted to get down with the boys. They want to get down with the men. This ain't nothing. This is just something that has been going on since the beginning of time. And now that people want to be in a meaningful relationship, and they want to settle down. Okay, isn't that what you <clears throat> you claim that you should be doing instead of being out here, being immoral, sleeping with everybody, but now the people want to settle down and live their life with a partner and, and have some type of normalcy, quote-unquote, now y'all got a problem with it. Like, I just, I don't understand. neither. I mean, am I wrong or am I right? You're definitely right about that. Yeah, you're right.
4: I mean, if I want to go from point A to point B with you and hold your hand down the street without the fear of getting attacked or get the fear of being called some kind of homophobic slur, that's what I want. But we have a lot of people who don't – they don't get that. -hmm. And they feel like they have to attack for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, hate is a real thing. It sure is. And that is the one thing I honestly
1: feel that needs to be stamped out. But I'm going to tell you this people, people, I'm going to say this times are changing, and people better be careful who they roll it up on. Because just don't think because somebody is. Gay, lesbian, transgender, bi, whatever. Don't think that every person is going to allow you to get in their face and um, call them some type of derogatory name or you, or you think you're uh-huh. about to bash somebody. Cause you got this. the wrong you know, bitch. You know, you're going to mess around and get yourself jacked up or you're going to probably get yourself shot or killed because. I think now people are starting to realize that we have to protect ourselves. Yeah, we do. And you gonna roll up on the wrong person one day, and you call somebody the f bomb, or you you try to beat honey. But I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a queen out there that that carries, and she'll let you know. T. S. Madison, and she's been a very big advocate of people protecting themselves, and um, and, and, and not a you know. You know, you, you just can't, accept, you can't expect that everybody's going to be about it. you know, going to let you just walk all over them. And I, and I just advise yeah. any, everybody to exercise your, your Second Amendment rights. You, you are a citizen of this country. It's your right to exercise their right yeah. because you don't know who's out here. It, it doesn't make sense for the criminals and everybody else to have access to guns and, and weaponry and you as a, a legitimate taxpaying citizen and somebody that's on the right side of the law, you to be out here totally defensive. I, I just don't agree with that.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have um, to jet out here.
1: Okay, then. But we, I want to thank you for um, coming on, Phil. and we're going to probably wrap this uh, broadcast up. But um, yeah, thanks we to for having out. Me. We're going to Huh? Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, I think you got anything else that you want to say? No, no, no. I just keep doing that. All right. Well, we will not be back this Sunday, but we will be back on the following Sunday. Um, let me see what that date is. Uh, that will be – look at the calendar. July – we'll be back on July 7th. So – Everybody have a wonderful holiday weekend, yes. and we will be back with another broadcast of the T, Episode 3. Until then, everybody take care of each other and take care of yourself. Bye-bye. bye